Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, and we are uh, very pleased to have uh, a long-distance guest with us this week, none other than Captain America, Tom Schreiber. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's it's good to see you. It's been a while. It has been a long time, yeah. It's uh, between team poker games here and there and Zoom meetings and whatnot uh, over the pandemic. Those were kind of uh, the few and far between interactions, I guess, that... Uh, not only with myself, but with your other teammates as well that uh, probably uh, have not gone that long without uh, seeing teammates ever. No, certainly not. It's, uh, you know, obviously a set of unique circumstances here. Um, and now that it's getting close, we're, um, well, I guess, five weeks away from, from camp. And um, I can't wait. I'm getting excited. Yeah. All right. Well, let's dive into things. We got lots of stuff to cover here and catch up on some stuff that was, uh, I think, news uh, a little while ago and uh, news uh, as of late as well. But let's start uh, talking about a little PLL, of course, as that just wrapped up over the weekend and talk about your archers a little bit and, and how the season went. And uh, I know I'm sure you were excited by the team start as uh, I was as a fan and watching, you know, our, our Toronto Rock guys. Um, with the archers with yourself and Latrell and uh, how you guys were uh, just off to an amazing start and looked like you were just going to run roughshod over the entire league the whole season the way you guys started but maybe talk a little bit about how the team started and how things evolved you guys lost those couple close games kind of after you guys had that hot start and just kind of how things finished uh, just your thoughts on the whole season. Yeah, it's it, it's funny. The um, PLL championship, as we're recording um, today, I'm not sure when this is going to be released. Was just a few days ago. So, um, you know, it was nice for me to officially turn the page from PLL to NLL, and uh, here I am, excited to talk NLL, Toronto Rock, and the first thing you bring up um, <laughs> is, is, is the PLL. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, no, we 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 have you know, much like the Rock. Like we have uh, an amazing group of guys on that team. Um, you know, it's a team I'm really proud to be a part of. And we started the year really hot, um, you know, and, and, and we knew that we weren't going to keep up that pace. Um, you know, the two leagues are kind of strikingly similar, the PLL and the NLL. They're both uh, just loaded. You know, there's, there's no easy games on the schedule and, you know, you're not really taking anyone lightly. So, um, you know, that, that wasn't something that, that, we, we did, we knew, you know, at some point, you know, we're, we're going to have to battle here and, um, you know, lost a few in the middle of the year, finished off pretty strong and then, you know, ran into a really hot team um, that ended up winning it all in the playoffs. So a disappointing end, you know, anytime you have um, all the pieces to get it done and to go all the way and, and come up short, it's always difficult to deal with. Um, but we have a strong core, you know, there's always next year. And, and for me personally, it's nice to, um, you know, kind of move on to, to the next stage. And, and, and for me, I only have to wait a little while to suit up here, um, fly up to Toronto and, and get going with the rock. So um, obviously excited for that and um, feeling good emerged the season healthy, which, you know, I, I, I can't say it was the case the last um, I think two times. I actually ended up playing for the rock, which feels like a decade ago. <laughs> um, 
but you know, I'm feeling healthy and excited for a full camp at, at hundred percent and um, really excited about our team this year. So I want to talk about one of your teammates here, Latrell Harris, who uh, obviously a teammate with the rock, but now uh, also with the archers and how he kind of burst upon the, the scene as uh, to the American lacrosse fan as probably a bit of a relative unknown, but of course you knew lots about him and knew what he was capable of, but um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the interview and his moment of <laughs> his comment on how great his uh, new team was, but so I want to rewind to like when it happened, did you guys have any idea that he had said it? Did anybody overhear what he had said on the sideline as the game was going on? Was there any tip off that Latrell had just kind of like arrived? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, no one had any idea. I think we saw um, like a clip of it after the game um, yeah. and, it, and it like made, made its rounds around our, our, our group chat, but no one knew during the game, we knew that, yeah, Latrell had just made a huge play and, you know, a lot of guys were just meeting him for the first time, you know, really with the exception of me, we had, we had a, a week or so of camp um, up in Foxborough where our first game was. And, you know, Latrell is the type of guy that right away, you know, like you like, him. like he's yeah. a really likable guy. He's a great teammate. Um, you know, I knew all of this stuff, but for the other 25 guys at camp it's the first time they're meeting this guy like who is he like what, what do you mean you didn't play in college um all this stuff and and you know everybody really loved him from the from the get-go which is unsurprising and then in our very first game he makes this huge play early on in the game and he's so excited about it and, and sure enough drops an f-bomb in the interview <laughs> and uh no one knew about it but i think everybody was pretty pretty fired up after the game and got a good laugh out of it. But it, uh, you know, the, the humor in it aside, it was just, it was really cool to see that that feeling was mutual with Latrell. Like we were so yeah. excited to have him. We're so pumped to, to have him on our team and, and to see that he clearly uh, felt the same way about being, being a part of the archers was, uh, was pretty cool. And then, you know, he, he continued it the whole year. He was great. Um, he, he was, he was a force out there on the field as a, uh, um, as a rookie, um, which, which was really cool. Did you see him even come out of his shell a little bit personality wise? Because I feel like around here with the rock, he is a little bit quiet. He is a younger guy. Um, you know, the NLL, I think is a little bit of a, you know, people carry themselves a little bit differently than they do in the PLL at times. And I think, uh, you know, I think we definitely got to see anyways, my opinion, a different side of Latrell through the PLL and it was kind of that moment that kicked off. I know you guys eventually had t-shirts and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I'd love to hear the story even behind the t-shirts, but like, but did you see this as, as really like, you know, Latrell kind of just getting more comfortable and more confidence just in himself even. Yeah. And, and I think, I think that went both ways. Um, I think for, for me to see Latrell outside of the NLL and for, for, him to see me outside of the NLL too. It was just, it, it was a little different, um, but very cool nonetheless. And, and yeah, it was, you got to see him come out of his shell and you know, he went and lived down in Florida for the season. You know, we weren't able to go over the border and back. So all the Canadian based players had to live in the U S you know, we've all had to deal with these obstacles with the PLL. So, uh, or sorry with, uh, with COVID, um, but to see Latrell even commit that deeply, even before the season started, like, Hey, I'm going to go move down to Florida and just train and, you know, 
come out to the games was pretty cool. But to see to see him like come out of his shell, to see him in a new environment, um, and to see him be successful in that new environment um, was great. And you know, it it's the sort of thing him and I keep joking about it's just like a year round of of Latrell Harris for me which uh I'll take which is pretty good it's a pretty good guy to, to be around all year round so uh I'm looking forward to kind of continuing that relationship back uh, where it all started up in uh in Toronto so the t-shirts who started that and did that even become like a greater team bonding thing as well like yeah, I, I'm. I'm pretty sure Latrell is responsible for the t-shirts. I, I think he got <laughs> the me. Uh, I, I, I might have that wrong, so don't quote me on that one. But um, yeah, that that wasn't like a uh, like a league produced t-shirt or something. I'm pretty sure that was like Latrell found some janky website online and just typed in a few words, and next thing you know, we had these these t-shirts. But he gave them out to everybody on the team. And, um, yeah, guys, guys would wear them. Our, our coach wore it. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it was pretty cool. It was like, just that moment was was so pure, um, and, and it was so cool to kind of see the like the the physical form of like Latrell's like acceptance and like all this stuff onto the team and 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 how great a time he was having. And it it, it was it was a nice reminder every time we would see it. It, it it's it's pretty funny. We had uh, our our trainer for the team was was incredible um you know super nice sort of quiet but uh she's kind of soft-spoken and and like not all that outgoing and to see her wear the latrell <laughs> shirt you know a couple times was like kind of funny um but yeah it was uh it was a blast getting to see him come out of his shell a little bit and, and really flourish out on the field and um in the locker room as well that's awesome well let's uh to wrap up our PLL conversation, I do want to shift to talk a little bit about the business side because that obviously it interests me a little bit, and I know you're involved in that as well. But um, you know, you've had a couple of seasons with the true touring model. You had a bubble season. Um, where do you think things are at in terms of the touring model itself? Is this something that lives on for you know forever? Is this what you see for the PLL? Do you see that possibly it ends up? switching to uh you know a city-based model with uh franchises established in different areas or what do you think uh the future of the pll is yeah so so i'd say probably not my uh question to answer um but at, at the same time I, I can add that going from a bubble last season um you know where we were fully quarantined we played up in utah we we're on site for two and a half weeks played a, a mini tournament was really cool but getting back on the road getting back in front of fans was 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 a blast um you know i think we're all really worldwide we're coming off of such a crazy year and change at this point um to be back in front of fans and 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 playing in those environments was was great it's it, it, it felt awesome um and, and what's interesting about the touring model you know as a player is you know you're this is the only time you're in that market and, and you feel that, you know, you feel the love from those fans. Like this is the one time they're going to experience the PLL for that summer and, and, and to have that and to, you know, see how excited people are to be there and to see how much they support it, see these lacrosse communities and, and, and really sports communities as a whole, like kind of descend on one place um, for that weekend is, 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 is cool to be part of, um, you know, and, and, and the future, you know, it's tough to tell 
you know, what will happen there. But um, I know they're evaluating a couple of different things and the timing it's, you know, all above my pay grade, I would say, <laughs> but um, for now I'm really enjoying the, the touring model. It, it's just like a very energized um, and fun environment week to week. Um, so, you know, I, I've, I've really enjoyed playing in it thus far. I've enjoyed like being able to experience both through the, through the NLL and the PLL. And um, at the end of the day, just, you know, every once in a while I kind of step back and I'm pretty thankful that I get to do my favorite thing um, for a living. So either way, I'm, I'm pretty pumped and it's been great thus far and excited to see where it goes. Yeah. I mean, I would say that I think this year was probably the season of all of them that I was most engaged with watching the games and kind of paying attention to who was beating who a little bit more about the actual season um, and, you know, who was going to win and who was going to pull it out. But when you mentioned being back in front of fans, that was something else that always kind of piques my interest a little bit is people's fandom and whether or not people are fans of players in the PLL or the different teams, because that's where I go back to the whole city-based model, right? Usually you're a fan of your home team, right? In that city, whereas that's not the case here. And you're saying, you know, the, with the PLL descending on one location for the weekend and a lot of people probably taking in all the games, right. And, and not just coming out to see one team, maybe necessarily, but just interested to see your take as a player of how you feel that is, you know, our, our, are fans becoming more kind of engaged with individual players or, are they, or are they really fans of a certain team like the archers? I think it's a bit of both. Um, but I think it's pretty surprising how quickly um, like this team identity and team fanhood took, took shape, like even mm -hmm. in year one. Um, and I think like the players on those teams kind of influence like your kind of team identity or your your fanhood I would say um you know and I know there was a ton of analysis early on on that um you know and, and how you know fans of certain athletes like kind of help yeah there there's some great stat um I, I don't have it offhand but when you know Cristiano Ronaldo just uh moved teams yep. and like the like the the growth of like their audience or something like more than doubled or something. And, and, and granted, like we're not all Cristiano Ronaldo, but on a smaller scale, like it does kind of help to, um, you know, have people shape their opinions on which teams they support. Um, and from the get-go, like each of those teams, regardless of the players on them, like kind of had a feel, right? The chaos, the team that just went out and won, like that's, you know, that's like primarily box guys on that offense. And like, you could see a lot of, uh, people north of, of the U.S. border are like kind of gravitating toward the chaos and some of the other teams have, you know, multiple guys from the same college and you kind of see that fan fan base kind of take hold. So um, it, it's interesting for sure. And, and, and yeah, you, you're, you probably miss out on, you know, if, if the archers were based out of New York, you probably miss out on some people just from New York being like, oh, that's my team. But I think with that touring model, you still run into uh, – you have diehard fans of these teams, not just players. So I think you have people that show up because they appreciate the game, people that support the PLL as a whole, um, people that just want to see high-level lacrosse, but then you're up, you know, pretty high percentage of those people are there supporting their team. Um, and it's been, it's been cool to see that take hold in just three short years. 
Well, let's shift gears a little bit to a major change in uh, in your life uh, earlier in the year with the change of uh, equipment suppliers, and uh, you're now an epic athlete. And I just want to know, and I think this would be interesting for fans to hear as well, is just as a athlete to a brand, what are your responsibilities? Like, what, what do you do? We see you wear their equipment and whatnot on the on the field and in the box and whatnot, but what are your responsibilities to a brand when you're one of their athletes? Yeah. I mean, so that that's part of it is obviously being an advocate for that company and kind of an ambassador of um, their gear and what they do and trying to amplify their message and what they're trying to do in, you know, in our case, the lacrosse community. Um, one, one of the things, that really stood out with Epic is just how bullish they are on box lacrosse, especially in the U S um, clearly something I'm passionate about as well. Um, but aside from that, you know, and it varies athlete to athlete. I knew, you know, for me, uh, I've, I've always um, wanted to have like more of, you know, a relationship there just over like, Hey, uh, post 10 times on Instagram and we'll write you a check. You know, and I think, I think that's, that's fine. Like I'm certainly not knocking anybody who does that, but I, I've always tried to be a little more hands-on and try to get a bit more involved. So anything from like product testing to giving feedback to um, hopefully at some point, you know, we've had some nice conversations about the future and, and trying to like chip in on strategy and other parts of the business as well. So um, they've been a great partner to me so far in a few short months and um, especially in the box across side. Um, I'm really excited about where things are headed. Um, but yeah, I, I, to back to your original question, you're, you're, you're an advocate, you're an ambassador. Um, and then you're really trying to do whatever you can to kind of help that, that brand grow and, 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 and be as successful as possible. And, and for athletes, we kind of have that unique perspective as to like, Hey, like this part of this piece of equipment really works well. This part doesn't, maybe if you made this tweak, um, I think you can deliver some value there as well. And being that Epic is, you know, relatively speaking to some of the other, you know, more established brands, they are a little bit of a new player in the space to some degree. What is it about either their equipment or whatever that made this the right fit for you um, at this time in your career? Yeah. So, so their gear is like very like technology based you know, especially on the stick side, I think that's always kind of been their bread and butter. And I was pretty fascinated by that. Um, the fact that they, they are making a big push into box lacrosse was important to me. And, and, and that's something that I've, you know, kind of valued in the last few years and will continue to do so throughout my playing career and, and maybe beyond, you know, I kind of recognize like the, the growth opportunities, especially in the U S in the box game. So that's something that's, perfectly aligned with what, with what Epic is doing. Um, you know, and I think anytime you're entering into some sort of, you know, business formal relationship, somebody could be signing with the Toronto Rock a couple of years ago, playing in the PLL, signing with Epic, you want to be around great people who you really respect and um, trust. And I, I certainly had that with, with Epic in my first few conversations with, with James Maselli, who's their, CEO and and he's just somebody that um, you've, you're kind of drawn to. He's that type of personality, and then he also you know is is super intelligent, has a great vision, and and you know really took a lot of time to kind of explain to me what he's trying to accomplish and how I would fit into that. And 
um, I was just really impressed and it, it's been a great couple months. And I, I think it's something that will be really interesting to be a part of um, going forward. Well, let's talk a little Toronto rock here uh, before we wrap up with a little bit of fun, but uh, you know, this team, obviously some significant uh, moves in the off season to pick up a couple of uh, top, top end defenders. Uh, when I say the off season now, like last summer in 2020, but yeah. um, where do you think this team's at now? I mean, I, not that defense was at all, any kind of a hole with this team previously, but now that that's solidified as I, I think, you know, Maybe I'm biased for sure, but, you know, probably the best defensive group in the league now with, with some of the top end talent that's there, um, you know, one of the league's best goaltenders and some of the league's best offensive players. But where do you see this team right now stacking up uh, heading into this season, especially against a, a Buffalo team that's improved, Halifax that had such a great run? Where do you see this team stacking up kind of as we get ready for the season? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we we have all the pieces, right? Now it's just a matter of going out and doing it. And I think um, really the, the front office did a great job bringing in some guys to really bolster an already um, pretty great defense. Um, you know, I know just from, from playing against the guys that we've brought in that they're um, top-notch players. They bring toughness. They're great cover guys. And I think they'll really help our unit down there. And, um, and I think offensively, you know, we, again, we, we kind of have all the tools and I've never gotten too caught up in, in comparing, you know, our team versus other teams. Like that's the whole point of playing. Um, so I, I, I don't, I don't see any deficiencies. I, I think we, it's all about executing. And I think we have the right um, guys on the floor and off the floor, which I think, as we all know, um, you need, you know, to make a championship run. So I think we have a lot of chemistry on and off and, um, man, October 30th or 29th, whatever it is, our first day of camp, man, it can't come soon enough. So uh, I'm excited to get up there and, and, you know, kind of meet these guys who I've been teammates with for two years now <laughs> um, for the first time. And, and it's just, uh, it's just something that I'm really looking forward to. Well, you talk about how difficult those guys are to play against. We're talking Jason Noble and Mitch Disnew, obviously. And, um, like I've, I've watched in the summer, especially, you know, when Jason Noble's been playing for the Oakville rock, how he can drive people literally insane, um, to the point where they jump so far out of character where they're chasing him around the floor. Um, you know, talk about how tough those guys are to play against. And if there's any one of them, like of, of those guys, have you ever been at that point where either one of those guys has kind of driven you a little bit, uh, out of your comfort zone and off your game a bit? Yeah, sure. Both of them. And they're both guys that um the rock are familiar with right coming from from buffalo and, and and georgia both teams that we've we've seen a lot of and um yeah those guys are both lefties so i've kind of i've been on the opposite end of of, of both of them and you know they, they they're both just pretty complete um you know and they're, they're really impressive they're they're really competitive both of them um you know they're they're tough they're they're strong they're fast they they don't really make you know, they don't make any self-inflicted mistakes. Um, and they're just, they're just really, really solid players. And um, it's nice to have them on our side, you know, <laughs> and, instead of having to play against them. So um, excited to get to know those guys a bit better. Um, and again, to be, to be sharing the same uniform rather than playing against them. Yeah. It's something I'm super excited about too, to have two guys of that quality uh, coming into the organization, because I think sometimes as, 
you know, fans and whatnot to identify defensive players on the other team. Maybe a lot of people don't really register with that all the time. And, and just having to uh, seen both of those guys play for the Oakville rock and, and been kind of on our side, so to speak in the, in the summer and major series lacrosse and just see how impactful they are to add them to the group with Challen and Cree and Latrell and Billy Haas, all these guys, right. It's going to be, uh, you know, going to make the rock a, an incredibly difficult team to play against, but um, speaking of a difficult team to play against, I want to talk about the New York Islanders because my Pittsburgh Penguins have had their <laughs> struggles in recent years against this club. But um, for you as an Islanders guy, uh, how exciting was that playoff run uh, this past season? Uh, it was great. And, you know, I, I obviously would love to see them go all the way and, and, and finish it out, but uh, it was fun. It's I, I'm my hometown is right, right. Like, right beside the Coliseum. So I, I got to go to a playoff game. Um, the place was absolutely rocking. It was just very, very cool to be a part of it. And, you know, I'm definitely a little out of my depth when it comes to the nuances of hockey, especially when I'm up in Oakville discussing it with you and, and the rest of the guys. But, um, you know, I, I, I like to rep Long Island pretty hard. And um, it, it was a really cool season and especially the playoff run to see them be successful although coming up a little short was, uh, was just a really good time. It was, it was, it was cool to see really um, it, it, it's interesting in New York and on Long Island, it's pretty split between the Islanders, um, the Rangers, and even, you know, you find some devil's fans in there too. So it's like, not like everybody's on the same page, but, you know, come playoff time, you, know, you start to see some people start to kind of jump on the bandwagon and, um, it was just really fun and a special season, especially, um, with the situation at the Coliseum and all that. So, um, it was a blast. Uh, yeah. I, that building, I mean, uh, it, it's like, I don't know. It's like no other. I mean, I just, uh, as a Penguins fan and watching it on TV and not, you know, ever having been to a game there, I mean, it just like, I, I couldn't even imagine as a, an opposing player going into that, if you, are on the wrong side of the, that game early. Like, I, I just don't know how you recover. And it was obviously a difficult place for the Penguins to play in recent years, <laughs> but uh, heartbreaking this spring for me. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, this was the other thing I want to ask But You say you, you grew up very close to the, the Coliseum and that, you know, you see on Barstool and uh, Frankie Borelli and all that kind of stuff. Have you been to Borelli's? Like, is it a spot? Like, is it legit? Yeah. Like a hardcore Long Island go-to? Yeah. Yeah, Frankie Borelli and I went to the same middle school. Get out of here, to, really? With the middle school, yeah. I think he, I think he's a year or two younger than me. Um, but yeah, it's uh, my my wife Kathleen. Um, it's her favorite restaurant um, on Long Island. So I don't, yeah. I don't I don't know if it still is, but I remember when when she came for the first uh, the first time. It was, it's her it's her go to spot. So yeah, we we've been there a bunch. It's it's you know four minutes from my parents' house. So wow. I've, I've been there a ton. Yeah, that's cool. All right. I was just curious about that. All right, man. Well, uh, thanks a lot for taking some time here and uh, catching up a little bit. And uh, we understand we're not going to totally let the cat out of the bag, but you might be in the area very soon. We understand. We just got word of this. So uh, we'll look forward to uh, seeing your face around the building here a little bit before training camp uh, starts, but we'll, uh, we'll keep that under wraps, I guess for now, but otherwise uh, Tommy, thanks a lot for chatting and uh, we will talk again soon. Yep. You got it. Appreciate it. All right. That was Tom Schreiber at Toronto Rock. Uh, that does it. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is over and done with. In the meantime and in between time, I am Mike Hancock saying we will chat next week.